Welcome to the Jersey Strong Podcast, where we discuss all things health and wellness in the South Jersey region. I am your host, Dr. Kelly Gallagher, a doctor of physical therapy and founder of Sisu Physical Therapy. Let's get it rolling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Jersey Strong Podcast. Here I am, Kelly Gallagher, your host, and I am with my sister, Sherry Walsh. She is... The long, one of the longest CrossFit athletes I've known from back in the day when CrossFit was kind of just starting. But she has recently, well, in the past year, become a mom. And I thought she would be a great addition to the show to tell about her story about being on the higher level of the CrossFit level to a mom and the process it takes to go along in it. So, Sherry, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> This is this is a fun episode because we could just chat about whatever. So I'm here talking about you. Thanks for coming on. I think you coming on the show will help people that are in whatever stage they are, whether um, get trying to get pregnant, postpartum, whether. And honestly, to as a side note, if you had a baby at any point of your life, you are postpartum, whether it's been three months, three years, 30 years, you are postpartum. So this is earlier stage. I'm going to talk to Sherry about her um, journey coming back to fitness. So first of all, let's get started. Let's, um, how did you, this all start? How did you get into CrossFit? If you want to just tell everyone. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny. So when Craig and I got married in 2010, in August 2010, we went to Turks and Caicos for our honeymoon. And, you know, if you go as a couple to these resorts, you get other couple friends and kind of hang out with them through your stay. And one of the first couples that we met at the airport was a couple called uh, they, it's Leah and Josh. And um, they're from Chicago area. Um, Bloomington, normal, Illinois is where they're from. And at the time, they were partners um, in a CrossFit affiliate. And I'll never forget, you know, when we were talking at the, at one of the bars at the resort, she was like, yeah, we do cross. I was like, well, what is that? And she was like, it's just, it's not like what you're thinking, like a regular gym. Cause I'm like saying, yeah, you know what? I did, uh, I did P90X twice, you know, I'm on my, <laughs> my, I'm, my I'm third kidding. time doing P90X and like, you know, it's been really tough. Like getting ready, get, trying to get ready for our wedding and blah, blah, blah. She was like, yeah, I do CrossFit. It's really nice about it. And she was telling me, she's like, no, nah, it's like, there's no machines or anything. There's like no mirrors. It's like you climb ropes and you lift weights. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, like, I guess. You work out of a box. It was hard to picture because she, she was trying to explain it. But if you ever tried to explain CrossFit to somebody who's never heard of it or seen it um, through any type of social media or any type of platform that we have now, like, it's hard to put it into perspective for them so so she explained it to me and then that was the end of the conversation about it so that was August and I remember in March of the following year so 2011 I I remember that conversation I was looking for something different I was tired of P90X I guess and I googled it and it there was a gym in Williamstown off the grid and I was like oh my god and then I emailed Stacy who was the owner at the time one of the owners and she emailed me right back and I went on to an onboarding course and that was the end of that and I've been involved with CrossFit or at an official CrossFit gym since 2011. 
Oh, wow. So that's like OG, CrossFit. Even the games back then were just like... A lot of people have started even earlier. I know people that started like 2009. Yeah, 2009, 7. They had games in 2009, and it was like... It was at the ranch, and it was like Dust Bowl. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there were 10 people. Like, there was no type of you know, any type of endorsement or anything. It's just people that, like, qualified at some point. I don't know. It wasn't even online. I don't even know. There might have been regionals. I don't even remember. I wasn't involved in that far back. But there was games in, like, 2009. It's crazy to think, too, how long people have done it as well. And even in those early years, Annie Thor's daughter, who just had a baby, too, she came back. I can't believe her longevity, not to, like – really totally go off subject, but I just can't believe her longevity starting in those early years, having a baby and still coming back and competing top three this year. That is amazing because, I mean, anybody, you can relate to it, whether you're an athlete or not. If you had a baby, you understand postpartum, right? But she has such a long foundation and gymnastics background that when she was able to recover, you can kind of almost resume, almost. It depends on the athlete and everybody's different. Not that she left, she she started where she left off, but her trajectory to getting back to that eliteness was a lot quicker than somebody like me, right? Like I'm yeah. not elite. I wouldn't, I would never compare myself to anybody of that caliber, but like right now I feel like I could go to a competition and compete in intermediate or non RX level. Yeah. Now, you know, so like that was her level prior. Now she has, you know, a year under her belt of recovery where she can now and has proven that she can compete at that at that level. Like me, I, like Wadapalooza just came out with their dates and I'm like, oh, my God, individual qualification is in October. And I'm like, would I be able to even do that for 35 and older like masters? I mean, it's really competitive, but I'm like, I don't know. I've never I haven't pushed myself enough with the weights right now to be able to like PR a squat clean or a PR a snatch. However, I have been moving moderately heavy weights decent. Yeah. So I think I could do the qualifiers. If so yes, yeah, so that's, that's where we're at now. Let's backtrack. So what was your training like when you first, you first found out you were pregnant last year in, I'm sorry, when was the month? So it so in 2020, so 2020 in March. Oh yeah, right in the beginning of COVID. It was right in the beginning of COVID, like right in the beginning of everything. I went through the whole pandemic from newly newly pregnant through, you know, nine months, you know, overdue, you know, the entire year I had gone through and um. You know, my training before then, I was kind of tapering back a little bit because I had been pregnant that that November, October, November before, and we had a miscarriage. And so I was trying to give my body some time to recover because if you remember, we had the open in the fall. And that's when I did the open the last time was when I was going through like the first few weeks of being pregnant. And not necessarily feeling all the first trimester symptoms yet, but I just knew in the back of my head that this is 
knows happening. I don't, you know, I'm not going yeah. to push myself the way I did. Yeah. And, you know, like after the open, that's when we found out that it was a misca- miscarriage and like I went through Thanksgiving feeling like, because I was like, pa- you know, not to be TMI, but I was like passing everything on Thanksgiving. Like it was very, it, it was a little hard. And um, so I yeah. wanted to give my body some time to recover. And then we found that we were pregnant in late March of the following year. So even prior to that, okay. I wasn't like really pushing myself. Um, the last time I had really pushed was probably right bef- before the op- before the open. I guess trying to prepare for it. So okay, so then push it. So like, how like, to go back? How far along were you in on Thanksgiving? I was. I wanted to say I was seven weeks. Okay. Seven, seven or eight weeks. Yeah. Like on Thanksgiving. Uh, so, and I'll never, for, I'll, you know, and, you know, my OB is really good. And the midwives are like, have, they do cross it. So it's nice. <laughs> it's kind of nice, you know, because they understand, but they're like, Cherry, this has nothing to do with whatever you did. Because I found out. After the last workout of the open, which was a row muscle up wall ball. And I had found out like a couple weeks after that. And I kind of thought to myself, was it me jumping down from the high rings? You know, was was it that workout that caused this to happen? And I'll never, you know, fully accept the fact that it wasn't. But, you know. In the back that's just of what head, I was doing think- in my. That's what I was doing in the time frame. I'm like, oh my god, did this happen because I was doing this workout and kept jumping off the rings and down onto the floor? And but it's all genetics. It's yeah. really all genetics. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. So that and that was the first time you were pregnant, right? Yeah, that was the first time. Um, so we were we had the intent was to get pregnant in the fall. Um, that didn't happen. And I went through so much with that. And then, then Lola, my dog, longtime dog passed away, you know, it's just, when was that in and then in December, right? That was in December. And then, um, and then we got King like in January, you know, we got another dog. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff between the time that I was pregnant the first time, but, and then when I had gotten pregnant and then you didn't, you're totally leaving out. You were a mummer too oh yeah you, for those that don't know she played in a string band and she played saxophone yeah. learned a whole drill in yeah, a month front row and then this oh, is yeah. in beginning of december and january Spinning 1st around, was on yeah january 1st you were on broad street performing mm-hmm. only knowing everything one month the music everything after all this happened mm-hmm. during lola passing yeah, it was. It helped me get my mind off of everything. It, it yeah. really did, and then it put me in a better place. But so we're you. here now, you know, and like I can't imagine not having Curran. You know, he's he's a great baby. But uh, my training has been not been right, like full on training for competition for a while now. So that's been over over. Yeah. A- over a year now. So then you found out, and then did you like downgrade in in the early because of everything? Were you like super careful in the beginning last time? Yeah. I was um, really careful. I um, you know I tapered off a lot of the heavier 
stuff early on. Uh, you'd see people on Instagram doing heavy squat cleans and, you know, it, everybody's different and there's no wrong or right. Uh, but for me, I felt like I, I didn't want to just I knew I was going to have to stop at some point. So I was like, well, why not just control it right now? So right. for most of the time that I was pregnant from, or at least that I knew, I I did more of um, an aerobic workout rather than an anaerobic workout. So like I worked a lot at home because COVID, right? So the gym was closed. I had been fortunate enough where I had accumulated equipment over the past 10 years to be able to work out at home. And I, Which, by the had, way, you have the ultimate garage gym. Yeah. If yeah. anyone has one, I want a membership. Listen, it's just a years and years of collecting like cheap little stuff. Like you don't have to buy the most expensive thing, but I got a lot of use out of my machine. So I had the rower and I had, recently purchased a concept to bike maybe the biker before the biker and so what I would do is I would pick three other movements in addition to that so you know I would do a minute and a half on the rower and then maybe do weighted box step ups with some dumbbells in a box and then hop on the bike for another minute and a half and then do I don't know like maybe Strict pull-ups if I could do it, if I didn't take them away right then, um, earlier on, strict pull-ups and maybe shoulder presses with those same dumbbells. And I would do that cycle for like 35 to 40 minutes and it felt really good. Okay. Just keep moving for that, you know, time period. And and every day I, I would switch it up. Like, okay, I did more shoulders. Let me just do more legs. And you know what else that I found out that I really liked that we had in our gym that Craig had purchased? was a pulley machine okay and once i had to take away the strict pull-ups because of the core activation that it needs and the coning that you do get later on i uh i would do seated pull downs with the pulley okay that helped me kind of maintain that kind of strict strength um and also if you have the rope with the pulley um those little the rope handles i would do one arm pulls from high and and it mimicked like a rope climb so there are things that you can do that you have at your gym if you don't have the ceiling height or if you don't have specific equipment that you would typically find in a crossfit gym you can do it you know in your house in some other fashion like figure out the movement so with the pulley system is it like the ones that connect to the top of the rig and has a weight on the other side we have the kind that is both sides. So it's a kind of like a, a long like rectangle with two pulleys on right and left. So you can pull both sides if you wanted. You can do crossover. Um, Craig used it a lot with his um, weight training that he, he did. We had gotten it a long time. I had never used it, Cal. Like I hadn't – we had it for probably the time that we had been starting collecting like barbells and weights like – I hadn't used it for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's been sitting in my gym. But now when I was when I was pregnant, I was like, oh, I could actually use this for stuff. And it was really – I did it, I used it every day. Um, oh, good. But they, yeah. they sell now. They sell those pulleys, just a single module or pulley system that you can hang from the rig, which does the exact same things that I was doing. 
Yeah. Um, Yeah, There's so many different versions now. Some when you don't even need the weights, some. You can put regular like bumper plates on them and strap Mm -hmm. them on in. Um, They kind of swing a little bit, but you still get that pulling motion. You know, you can do those isometric holds and things like that um, rather than continuing, even if you're not pregnant. I mean, you can do this stuff at home and not having that shearing movement all the time on your shoulders from pull-ups, you know, um, kind of maintaining more of a, you're kind of preserving your joints rather than kind of grinding them every single day, which took me a long time to understand because I like the intensity and I thought it would be hard when I got pregnant. Like I like the intensity of a Metcon. That's why I'm there at CrossFit every day because I feel that I'm getting a good workout because I am out of breath and, you know, my heart rate went up to like, you know, max heart for a long time. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand that, like, don't do that every day. Like there's a program, you know, when I went and Jesse Crespo did a lot of programming for me for a long time. um, And that was something that I had to understand. Like this day is not going to be like Monday is not going to be Tuesday and Wednesday is not going to be like Tuesday. You know, all these different days, like a Saturday might have more volume to it, but you might have less volume on, on Monday. So I had to understand that. Um, So it's just like getting a a good knowledge. You know, if you want to work out at home, you also have to understand like either do a program that makes sense or, have a good foundation of like knowledge base of uh, what you should be doing as far as did the day to day. And then that's in general too, with home pro with home exercise, just in general, it's so hard to just go out there and then just be like, yeah, I'll do this today where you have, you have to come up with some type of plan going in. Otherwise it'll be like, eh. yeah. And they have- maybe we'll do this. I'm done. Sidetracked. Yeah, Gotta cut the lawn. Have- you know, street parking has a good program for a home. They also have like a postpartum program, which I read. Uh, I actually purchased that. Um, they had some really interesting um, like breathing techniques and things like that. So it was nice coming off like immediately postpartum, like in the first four to six weeks, like having something to do. Right. And if the key small, to it's building that foundation then i mean like you said for like you're not gonna be like okay six weeks doctor says go now you can't just go you have to build up to that too like oh i'm okay now to exercise well how do you get to that point right like you it's hard oh well for me it wasn't i thought it would have been harder but now that i had experienced it you know i spent two and a half hours over two and a half hours pushing you know to get current right. out before they almost decided for a C-section um, that like, I just wasn't physically, I was like, I didn't even want to do it. All I wanted yeah. to do was walk. That's all I wanted to do. And it was in the middle of winter. So this is like January 6th when I had him and it's not nice out. It's cold. You know, you don't want to bring a newborn out in the freezing temperatures However, Craig told me that, like, in Iceland, they stick the baby outside in the freezing temperatures for, like, hours to acclimate them to the weather. So I don't crying. know if that's true, but he told me that. Oh, <laughs> oh no. When you have Craig. Annie or something on this podcast, you can ask her. But, <laughs> like, that's what he told me. I'm like, no, I'm not bringing the baby outside yeah, in 20 Nobody do that. <laughs> so, going back. So, 
for the labor itself, two and a half hours of pushing. So to me, having that fitness foundation ahead of time really helped for that because if you didn't have that background, you might've had to go into a C-section, which I don't think it's wrong. It's just more trauma to the body. Yeah. I think for me, a few people had told me, Hey Sherry, go to the chiropractor or get an acupuncture prior. And I was like, I'm not the type of person is very routine. I've gone to chiropractor, you know, Brian, our cousin, he's a chiropractor. He's worked on me a few times when I was getting ready for Wadapalooza, but I hadn't been back when I was pregnant. And um, so I had it on my things to do, but I never did it. And I wonder if I had, Kern might have not have been stuck in there within my pelvic joint. <laughs> well, he has a big head like Craig. He does. So. He does. And he came out Kern <laughs> head. But I think like what if I had gone to the chiropractor? Maybe it would have helped straighten things out a little bit. Um, but yeah, pushing, I mean, I don't know if athletic endurance. I think in my head. If I didn't wasn't a weightlifter or had squatted in the past, I would have never put this into perspective. So they'll tell you when you're, you know, pushing. Push like you're taking the biggest poop of your life, right? Right. Like but that's but that wasn't <laughs> that it. Like that yeah. wasn't that that wasn't what helped me. What I kept in my mind, and a good friend of mine, Jen Sensman, had told me it's like you're pushing as you're coming out of a deep squat. So okay. So you're stuck in a that, hole. That makes more sense to you're me as well. You're stuck in yeah. a hole of a back squat, and you're getting out of that. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. And that's what I was doing. And he was advancing, but he was just stuck in my pelvic bone. <laughs> and the other thing they did, and this is so crazy, was they had tied a sheet. So they like knotted a sheet on two ends. So like if you were to like climb out of your window in the fire or something and you climb down your sheet, right? Right. Well, they tied this like a rope. It was a bed sheet. And they had me pull. So my feet are up in the stirrups to give you a visual. I'm sure you want to <laughs> I'm sure everyone think of this as my sister. But I, I have the stirrups. I'm holding the end of this sheet. And, and they told Craig because he's like, bigger guy he was they said they put him at the end of the bed the opposite oh jeez and told him to pull like and you know craig he takes things very very far so he pulled. very very far very very seriously yes he pulled and i'm pulling like it's tug of war like that's the intent tug of war and then you bear <laughs> down and then he comes out so that's what we were doing too and that helped it helped just the fact they had the sheet part that just <laughs> seems so crazy to me like don't they like like this is this is 2021 now, and they had a sheet. Yeah, they tied a sheet. You, you would think they'd have, like, some sort of, like, you know, maternity rope. I don't know. A maternity rope or something. I don't know. That you would use, like, you know, official rogue rope, like, that they can make for, like, the hospital that you would pull and have your significant other or whomever, your partner, pull the other end to help get the baby out. But now it's a sheet. Um, and then, yeah, that worked. So, so – yeah, so the physical part, I guess. I mean, you know, it did take a long time. I was in labor for a while. Um, and the aerobic stuff probably helped. But I've known some people that have gone through the same labor that has not worked out, you know. So, I don't know. Everybody's different. I think and it then, helps more in the recovery. I think it helps more in the recovery. 
And that's right too, because every like, you know, childbirth is different. Everyone's going to have different experience. Some people, you know, have their baby in their bathroom and it's real quick and easy. Um, right. But this, so then for you, when you first started, when, what was, when did you first start to exercise after? I started moving around more in like the garage, like right at six weeks after my, okay. my appointment with Robin. Um, she's a midwife who goes to one force as well. And, um, she said, Sherry, just don't do any box jumps, you know, <laughs> be smart about it. Don't do anything that hurts you or feels uncomfortable. Uh, running might probably not be the right thing right now. So just get on the rower, move around. And that's what I did. And then I had done a lot of research too. And like I had mentioned earlier, street parking, they have a postpartum, but it was, that was, it was more like breathing exercises and stuff. Um, but what I started out with, and I've been telling a couple people that I had been following Marcus Philly for a while and was always interested in his programming. And before he came out with his new program, Persist, and again, I'm not trying to advertise for him, but this is just what I did. Um, I, I downloaded the body composition 2.0, um, which is less, uh, Metcon and, um, anaerobic stuff. And it's more like bodybuilding and body composition. Like more hypertrophy type training. Right. And, and, um, there was two tracks and there's a, like a male track and a female focus track. And I don't know the exact difference because I, I downloaded the female one, but it, focus a lot of a lot on like pelvic floor stuff things that you would typically do day to day in your accessory work okay um and for for men too so I I don't know the exact difference maybe the reps were different or you know some of the the weights um were a little bit different but I did that for it was an eight-week program I ended up doing probably seven weeks because persist started that week after and i felt so much better doing that it's so that was a good solid you built your stable foundation and then it was a lot of like kneeling presses and one-legged squats that were light you know um hinge movements plank type things uh, all that kind of stuff. Strict pull-ups were in there. I used bands, you know, and I was able, I, I started very slow with that. Um, so that program helped me build like a, a foundation and move, so I can add more things to it. Yeah. Right now. Especially I'm, with that one-legged squat too, because you have to get strong with that before you start running and stable. Yep. So um, so I did that and there were some things in there that I didn't do. He had double some double unders in there. I didn't do them right away. Um, I, I probably started with more of a hop to a kettlebell handle, like single legs, you know, alternating yeah. legs, just hopping there. Nothing like double unders, though. Um, but that kind of was like the first step to the jumping. Um, now, when you did start double unders, how did you feel? Oh, my God. Like, first of all, I felt like I was starting double unders all over again. I <laughs> Was your timing? I was tripping. It was like timing. I was like starting. I would love to see that. (laughs) I was so frustrated, but you know, I I couldn't do anything. Like I I think the longest I had done was like when I got to twenty is when I felt like my uterus was gonna fall out. Yeah. 
Like, and that's a common mm-hmm. common thing I hear with people that have had babies that yeah. like it feels like they their two bones and their their hips are about to like just like shift and break. Right. Yep. There was there's this pain in the front of the pelvis, and I don't think it was necessarily from double unders. There's a couple other movements that I noticed that um, it was like a more of a pain in the front of the pelvis from that shifting. Um, I can't recall what exactly, maybe it was a plant, like a um, hip thrust, like a weighted hip thrust maybe, um, but that caused that kind of, that, that kind of pain. But for the most part, that body composition from, from Philly was like really, really good. And then I continued and I stopped that. It was an eight-week program. I stopped that at seven because they started like live with the persist that next week. So then I started with persist and I have been doing that since which right. has three tracks to it. There's like a minimalist track. Then there's Persist Classic, which is more like a CrossFit training so that there's bodybuilding and Metcons in it. And then they have Persist Body Composition, which is like what I had started with, but a little bit more advanced. Um, now, when you're doing all this training, was it hard to find the motivation to work out on your own or were you able to get back into it? Was it because you've always been pretty good with motivating yourself to exercise. I'm wondering, like, because for me, I know I would I would feel like, eh, I'm not in a class. You know, it's hard to get that motivation. How were you able to motivate yourself, essentially, before to get it up and get into that cold yeah. garage? Or Yeah, I, I was always pretty good at being efficient in the garage I think (laughs) I'm trying to get back into the class and now with timing with current and you know coming home and I don't live very close to one force um so it's hard for me to get there so that my only option right now is to work out like late you know or with him um but I've always been pretty pretty good with being efficient and having a meaningful workout in the garage you know like I'm not competing against anybody else but I push myself enough where I feel like it's um like I'm improving in something right right yeah because that's a that's the hardest part now what kind of music do you put on is it rock is it it all depends I have a rock playlist in Spotify (laughs) I like fit radio they have like a, a, you you mentioned this to me with the Fit Radio. They have some cl- like this like eighties mix. Oh yeah, that's my Sunday mix, Sunday Monday. Like, I could I could probably sing that whole mix right now. Tina, they're like yes. like you sent me the best. Like that'll be blasting. And Craig is like, what are you listening to? <laughs> what is going on? But um, but yeah, I listen to anything, and sometimes I don't listen to anything at all. Like a lot of times, I don't listen to anything. At all. Like silent? Silent. I have the fan, the fans on, and I'm just like in my own thoughts. I'm trying to decompress from work, you know, things like that. Oftentimes, hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't listen to music. But when I do, it's, you know, it's just a, a playlist that's already kind of in That's in, interesting in because I was, wa- I was watching the, um, I think it was Resurgence, the, the um, documentary on the 20... 20- 20 CrossFit games and how they had, you know, how it was a five athletes, male, five athletes, female, and it was three, two, one, go. And they went and one of the things that they said was there was no crowd and there was no music. So 
they just had to work out without music. And I thought that was interesting because Matt Fraser was like, that's normal for me and Tia. We work out without music all the time because you're getting your own thoughts in your head. Well, kudos to you because I don't know if I could do it. (laughs) I need to like silence my thoughts. (laughs) And I don't want to wake the baby either. That, but for the most part, I, I just like to just, go and have that we got a bit that's the other thing if you're gonna if you have a garage gym or if you're putting together a gym get a good fan i just invested in an industrial fan like a four fan from like home depot i think it might have been the last one that they were selling in the summer they were actually using it in home depot it had the price tag (laughs) on and stuff and the people at the cash register (laughs) were using this fan and And you took it from them buy it and they were like no their fan no they're all like waving to it as we were taking it out the door (laughs) but it's like a mid-sized fan um it's an orange one i forgot the name of it but it's amazing so just i turn that on and and i'm just in the workout and i just you know so where are you at now with your exercises now that we're seven months out yeah so i feel really good i'm starting to um switch over to like my focus is preserve preservation so the one thing that I noticed when I started working out again and feeling good um was my knees and I think it was because it's my body was not used to the amount of weight so I gained 40 pounds over the course of the pregnancy and then you know gave birth and lost half of it whatever so as I was working back and I was trying to squat and do all the things that I typically would do every single day even just like walking up the steps my knees hurt so bad I don't think my body was used to the weight gain and so I think it was everything up until that point all the 10 years of CrossFit that I have been doing and all the Metcons that had a buy-in of like 50 thrusters, you know, every day. And the things that we were doing in the past, not necessarily being the smartest with our workouts, but like it was just the cheering, like the knee pain. Um, I had knee pain leading up to competing in like in Wadapalooza. I, I always refer to that because that was like the last time that I really was training hard. Um and then I would stop for a couple days. It would be t- knee pain, like right on my kneecap or right under my kneecap. And then I'd recognize it. I'd stop. I lay off. It would be fine again. And then I'd work out. And then the cycle would happen. Then it'd be okay. But after pregnancy, like it was just constant knee pain. I don't know if it was the ligaments yeah. in my joint stretching or whatever. But that was the one thing that I really had to take slow. And I was like, Sherry, <laughs> I couldn't even pick the baby up like – I would bathe him in the in the tub you know we have this little like small tub in the tub you know because he's so small and I dry him off on the floor I have a little boppy on the floor and then just picking him up from that position like doing a half Turkish get up right like constantly yeah constantly like my knees hurt from that you know and I'm like I don't want to hurt like this all the time and so that's when I stayed with the Marcus Billy stuff he he integrated some of the knees over toe guy stuff right with the slant boards and i've been doing more of slant board work on the side like that has helped me so much 
Right, um, which I use a lot in my treatment too for knee pain, mm-hmm. which you could always come to see me. Yep. But like yep. they say, you can't treat your family. <laughs> you don't listen. No, but like you use it and you, I've seen you I use do. it on your, you know, it's the same slant board that you have. It's right. the same one. Okay. And yeah. The wooden one. And so I'm like, okay, PT, like this, if for me, this is like becoming a new fad, but I feel like PT, PTs all over have been using this for a long time like this method for knee pain um, and strengthening. So, you know, I've been using that. So a lot of my training now is still, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of intensity with it again, but I'm, I'm a little bit more smart. Like I haven't done a whole lot of like butterfly chest to bar pull-ups. Like I've been doing a ton right. of strict pull-ups and I feel good. It's good. You know, right. like it's stuff like that, that I feel like if I were to do those pull-ups right now, like in a competition, I would be able to do it. But, you know, and, it, and to bring bring up Mac Frazier again. So if you watch his video of him in his old garage going over all the things that he has, if you were to have your own garage gym and some of the important things that he has, um, a lot of what he talks about is preservation and low impact. Right. And that is not what we do in CrossFit gyms. <laughs> Not. Not. It depends. It depends on who's running it, obviously. But like, for who's, the most who's part, programming people that are in class want that same thing that I wanted—a hard workout. You know, I want to feel sore because I felt like I did, did something. Like people want that, and so that's what they're they're going to program and they're going to give. Right. And like for me, I'm like, no, <laughs> like I can't be doing that every day. Um, Especially every day. Old. But I'm like in my mid thirties, you know, like I'm going to need to change it at some point, you know, I'm having knee pain. So like a lot of what I'm doing is low impact, low impact. And if I have to do high impact stuff, I'll do it. You know, I'm interested in competing again. Like I want to do it, but to train, like I'm competing every day. I cannot do that. No. And that's, it gives you need time for recovery still too, just Mm -hmm. in general. So the recovery um, component as well to heal from, you know, even the high intensity days and then you do a lower intensity, active recovery, things like that are important. Now, what are your goals moving forward now? Do you have, I know you mentioned possibly, you know, yeah, looking into I, one um, of those, uh... Yeah, I was thinking about that, but, you know, I really got into uh more endurancey stuff not that i want to do triathlons or anything but in a few years back i got into distance swimming right. and ocean distance swimming not escape like the capes lake. coming up i know in the ocean now somebody at work linda she is somebody who i work with and she is very experienced in swimming she's been swimming forever and one day she was like, hey, Cher, you do CrossFit. Uh, you should come and swim. You know, come to one of our swims and see if you like it. Because I had been interested. I was asking her about it. I had not swam. I had spent more time in the year on Murph than I had in a pool swimming to train. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's like, like, I had zero swimming. So I'm like, all right, I'll go swim. And this is a mile swim in the ocean, right? So I show up. It's Atlantic City. I'm walking there, and there's, like, a check-in table, and they're putting numbers on people's arms. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is, like, a legit, like, (laughs) 
like competition or something like this is like serious this isn't just like a group of people just going for a swim at their own little pace no this was like a couple hundred people and they do this every weekend this is like a thing got real real quick no yeah it did and i'm there by myself and like they're putting the number on my shoulder like oh what do you do i'm like i do crossfit and they're like oh you'll do you'll be fine you'll do really well genuinely you're gonna do well and i'm like so nervous so like i get ready i put my stuff down they give you a hat you can't wear you can't wear a watch or anything at this one uh, I don't know why. Maybe to scratch people. I, I don't know why. Yeah, wear maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so there's like a couple, and everybody starts at once. There's no waves. So we all line up, and I'm looking around, and there's there's young kids who obviously swim. There are For like a club people, or school. Yeah, there are people that are my age who were collegiate swimmers because they're wearing their swim caps from their college. And then there's like older people who have been swimming for forever. And they're the ones that like are really good. It's the young ones and the old ones in swimming. They don't look the part as in like an athlete, but they are fast. Anyway, so it's not three, two, one, go. It's like, okay, they get everybody together and they're like, all right. You know, this is the lifeguard. They go over the rules. You got like the, you know, the, the buoys that you have to swim around. And they have a air horn. And so they ring the air horn off and everybody runs in. And everybody's running in on the same angle at this thing. So you have a few hundred people. Everybody's <laughs> reading the ocean because there's a, there's, you know, there's the, uh, you know, it, you're, you're going to drift if you take a wrong path. Right. Right. So we're worth, we're, for, fortunately for, I've done maybe five of these. Fortunately, for the most part, they, they have you go with the current. But if you cut, if you if you don't start further, you're going to drift before you hit the, the first buoy, the first turn. Anyway, so everybody runs out there and everybody's like kicking and elbowing. And I'm just like, you guys all go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> go I'm ahead. Like walking in past the breakers. And like, I finished, I finished in a decent time. You know, I, I think I finished in like the back third. It took me like 35 minutes to do it. But it was hard. It was right. really hard. And people maintain a, like a regular stroke through that entire thing. And it's hard to see. And this- it's hard to see. There's no lines to guide off from the bottom. Like a bottom of a pool, you have a line. There's waves. There's a, a long there, – there's not like these flags along the way. Sometimes they do, but sometimes it's just a buoy that you have to swim out to that's kind of far. So you have to maintain your own course, and then you can get off course. So so a mile in the ocean, you think you're doing a mile, you're actually probably doing more because you're kind of redirecting yourself back on course because you're right. being carried off. If you anyway, saw, you can see where you're at. Long story short, I did like five of those. I just want to get I, I want to get better at that. I want to be more efficient. So I had been looking into maybe doing a master swim uh program at an aquatics or somewhere to help me get a little bit more efficient in the water so I can do more stuff like that. Uh, again, I'd still compete like in CrossFit, but you know, at Wadapalooza, you have the water, you know, right. event, which is, you, it's not a mile swim in the ocean. And when they put out the games that they were doing a mile swim with the fins, like in the Blake, I'm like, I get, <laughs> I don't know. 
I feel like maybe I would I would be good. Like maybe I would have like if I was in like with them doing that, I'd probably be able to maintain with the group, right? At least, yeah. You know, like I think at that point, I can I can compare myself with them on that. But like, man, I just, like if I brought fins, even if you wear a wetsuit in the ocean, people look at you like, what are you doing? You know, like because <laughs> like, why are like, you wearing more buoyancy? It's like cheating. But um, but yeah, like that's that, cool. That's, that's like a cool direction. Thing. That's like my next thing. Just like a new because it's scary. The ocean is really scary. I don't yeah. know about you as kids, like when, when dad would take us out, like I would kind of be kind of nervous, like in the ocean when you take us out on the raft. Yeah, and you were like, you, your feet are dangling, and you feel yeah. like a little pinch. You can't like, see in Jersey. You can't see the ground, nope. the bottom. Nope. And, uh, and there's sharks out there now. No. Yeah, there's sharks out there. There's sharks. Oh, and one, of, I did a swim in uh, Seagirt. There was a swim in Seagirt, and I ended up farther away from the pack and who i started with because usually you stay with the same group of people you know through the entire swim but i kind of got caught in back uh, behind them a little bit and then there was like this like flash of gray and i swore it was a shark i thought it was a shark i almost freaked out but the 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 lifeguards are there along the way you either signal to them if you're good or not. Say if you're like drowning, you're like, I don't want to. Like, you give them a signal and they'll like ride the jet ski. You'll hop on the little right. raft in the back of the jet ski and then ride in. But um, he was standing up. He was like, No, it's just dolphins. <laughs> but like, there was a a school of dolphins. That's kind of cool. But you're out there cool. that far. You're out there that far. So it puts you in a, in an environment that you're um, uncomfortable with, and that always kind of interests me, like being it's- uncomfortable. Especially now that I think you've pretty much had the got the CrossFit thing down, like you know, yeah, it's almost predictable. And then now that you have a new challenge, it's something yeah. else to aim for. Yeah, it's like I've been to many competitions. I've done well, and I haven't done well with partners and no partner. Like, and they are becoming a little bit more predictable. And you're just you don't have the energy and the excitement that you had in the past maybe if you had continued to do it you know like your first competitions are like super exciting you want to get good and you want to like eventually like win them all but like after a while you're just like oh, this is another competition you know right but i think being put like the ocean like that is just an example it's like it's challenging you can't control that environment you can only control yourself in that environment and right. it's so much bigger than you it's so much thoughts. bigger than you, and it's really—it's so cool. As hard as it is, as it is, it is really cool. It's a cool feeling to be that far, that far off of the coast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and just looking at all the dots because you swam all that way, and then you gotta swim another direction and then like get back. But it's all fine. I want to get more efficient in it, and I think I like—I liked that. So that's the, that's the kind of feeling that I had when I first started CrossFit. Like, this is tough. So cool. New challenges ahead on the, on the future, new, mm-hmm. new horizons there, literally. Um, so overall, I think, you know, that's cool. It's thanks. You know, thanks for sharing everything today. Mm-hmm. And just want to say thanks for coming on. Yeah. I thanks want, for having me. It's before fun. we end, I want to ask one thing. If you can leave everyone either out there, or if you can leave, um, if you want to, because this is going to be out there forever. If you could leave people out there a message, whether it's moms, whatever you want to do, or a message to your son later on, what would you want to leave? 
of one of the most important things you've learned, you know, with, with going Not through all this. Not to compare yourself. Okay. So I went through this entire, so in CrossFit, comparing myself to everybody else around me, comparing myself to the gymnasts, comparing myself to the people who are really good runners, you know, and expecting that of myself. But if you keep, right. so if you true. know yourself and you know your own goals and have your own goals, work towards them, short, midterm, and long term, you'll be better off in the end. And I think just don't, by doing that, and you hear this all over, it just takes the fun out of it. It really does. And like it wears you down, man. And like yeah. there are friendships that you might have keep, you might not keep um, because of that. And I look back, I'm like, this is so juvenile. This is so juvenile. Right. Like, I'm just trying to compete against this person, like, early on in my CrossFit life. Like, why? You know? like Why? Just exactly. Just on, like, the little, the whiteboard by better time. Like, that's, don't do that. Like, keep the fun in it. Um, keep it interesting for yourself. Watch your own trajectory and watch your own self get better. 100% um, love that because and, you're yeah. 100% right because, you know, it's, it's the enemy. When you compete with anyone with anything, it's the enemy of joy. So it's, it's, you set yourself up for literally failure when you can only really at the, at the end of the day, compete with yourself. Yeah. And it's the same thing postpartum. Everybody's different. Don't compare yourself to the people who are on Instagram doing all this thing. Don't compare yourself to Annie Thor's daughter and how she's coming back to an elite athlete. Like don't compare yourself to other people who seem like they're doing a, such great things and managing well um, with the new baby at home as a first-time parent or a second-time parent or whatever. Like, recognize the help you need and ne don't say that you don't need help. Like, don't do it all by yourself. Do not. And don't expect yourself to be back to fully functioning within six months because – you got to give yourself time. Like for me, exactly. I feel good. Like, but I don't feel like I can go and snatch 160 pounds, you know, like. Yeah, in, in time, but in time. not. And I'm, and I right recognize now. that and I'm having fun. I'm having fun in the process. So, you know, I'm getting back. So, you know, just don't cool. compare yourself all around. <laughs> it's just yeah. bad. It sets you up for failure at the no end. No matter what. Yep. 100%. All right, well, Sherry, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Thank you to everyone that's listening to taking your time out of the day to listen to me because you really could be listening to – there's so many different podcasts out there, so, so much good music out there you could have been listening to. We appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time. And um, Sherry, if you, do you want people to follow you? Where can people find you if they do? Sure. Uh, Sherry Snack on Instagram. Missed. And you know what? When, that was before Snack ever was like the name, the, the term Snack. Don't they take that as like a derogatory <laughs> thing. You're like, oh, Snacks. Was that like like a snack? I'm like, no. I made that. That was my Twitter handle like back in 2007 when like I was just it's like Scooby Snack, Sherry Snack. I don't know. So I made that and it stuck. So <laughs> if you I'll want to follow me on Instagram and found that interesting, I'm on Instagram as Sherry Snack. So. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Well, thank you again. Thanks for coming on, Cher. And I'll see you. I'll see you around, I think. Bye, everybody. Thanks.